Hey everybody, you are listening to the Animalia Hour. We are a radio show on KGVM and podcast dedicated to advancing a vegan lifestyle and animal ethics in this world and all possible worlds. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah. A little philosopher coming out. <laughs> Hello, Kevin. Hey, how's it going, Sarah? Good. Good. Glad to be here. Yeah. I'm excited for our a new show. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so thank you for joining us. This is our Earth show. We've decided to talk about our planet Earth and animal agriculture's devastating impact. Yeah, on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. We'll talk about it, but yeah, when you start seeing all of the negative impacts or negative consequences that animal agriculture has on the planet. It's pretty ridiculous, and it's something we can all fix, like, today, mm. right now. And this might sound a little foreign to our listeners, because I think, for the most part, what the media talks about, when the media talks about climate change, or deforestation of the rainforest, or you know, the ocean, the health of the ocean being overfished, they don't often mention the connection to animal agriculture. Right. With things that are going on in, you know, with the pollution and species extinction. And right. It's just not brought up. In fact, I know that's one of your pet peeves, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a delivery driver for several years, and I would listen to NPR nonstop for 8 to 10 hours a day. And when you listen to different shows on NPR over the period of the day, every day for a couple of years straight. Yeah. You start to, obviously it doesn't take long to get the talking points, especially on climate change. And it's just, it's exactly what you said. They, they throw out the word climate change and there has to be a fallacy for this. I don't know what it's called, but for some reason, if you just invoke the word climate change, then I guess that means everything that, Oh, we care about climate change and, it's everything horrible and devastating that's going to happen, but they never unpack what that means. They just say climate change. And then they'll talk about, you know, all the wildfires we've had, and they'll talk about drought, and they'll talk about all these things over and over and over, but they never hmm. go deep and find out, like, what is are the causes. But it's always about what we can do, you know, it's fossil fuels, our cars, how we can water our lawns less, but the funny thing is, is and in, in, in especially a show I used to listen to called Here and Now, they would consistently talk about the Colorado River mm-hmm. and the, the lower Colorado River Basin and how it was basically dwindling down to hardly anything. And yet they never talked about all the factory farms right. that were along the Colorado River right. that were sucking water out of it. And when we, you, we start to get into the facts of animal agriculture and how much water factory farms consume, it's crazy ridiculous. I mean, just as an example, one hamburger, like basically a quarter pounder, equals 600 gallons of water. That's like two months, that's two months of showering. It's a lot of water. It's a lot of water for a hamburger. Mm. And, and And what that is, is that's the consumption by the animal. That's the cow that's drinking that water, mm-hmm. and the grain that's used that we're watering to keep the, to feed them grain. It's all that water combined to give you that quarter pounder hamburger. 
Right. Is it worth 600 gallons of water? I mean, you, if you care about the climate, if you call yourself an environmentalist, I mean, I have to quote Howard Lyman here. You can't call yourself an environmentalist and eat animals. You just can't. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned talking points. And I think I've experienced the same feeling. There's like a few talking points that everybody can rally behind and, and be like, I'm, I'm on the right side of, of this. And, you know, those terrible fossil fuel companies and I recycle and I have appliances that save on water and I don't water my lawn too much. Right. All that. And I mean, yeah, I, I think if you walk up to the average person on the street and just say, tell me, what are the leading drivers of climate change? I think people would say two things. I think the deforestation of the Amazon rainforest and fossil fuel right. companies. But if you ask them what's the number one, they would say it's fossil fuels. Yeah, because that's what we're told over and over and over again. Right. And this reminded me a lot of the documentary Cowspiracy. Oh, yeah. If you have not watched that yet, it is available on streaming. And it was such a great documentary. It's put together by Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn. They have actually a, a series of documentaries. Right. I think Cowspiracy might have been their very first one. Might have been the first. Which really looks into Kip's journey in discovering exactly what we're talking about right now. Right. As an environmentalist person. And one thing you recognize right away about Kip Anderson is he is such a sincere individual. He's the kind of person that when he finds out there's something going wrong in the world, he will change his lifestyle right. to, f to try to help. Well, it's funny, too, because he talks about in there how he watched An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's film, and in that film there were these suggestions about how you could help climate change, and it was like by taking, you know, three-minute showers and changing the, the water heads on all your spigots and just all these small conservation things around the house. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he realizes kind of what I already said. One hamburger equals 600 right. gallons of water. So there he was. He, he retired his automobile. He was riding his bike everywhere. Right. He, was taking, he was timing his showers. He was doing everything that was told to him that he was responsible to do right. to help save our planet. And then he says, one day, a friend sent him an article put out by the UN saying that animal agriculture contributes more to climate change, to greenhouse gas emissions, than the transportation sector combined. Right. This was mind-blowing to him. Right. He was like, wait a minute, why haven't I heard about this? I am an environmentalist. I care. I am a donor to all these environmental groups. Right. I've never heard any of them ever mention animal agriculture. And yet I'm hearing from this UN study that animal agriculture is the leading driver of climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. Right. And so he starts to research. And first he goes to a, a local government agency that is all about water conservation and encouraging the people in his town in California to conserve water. And they go down the list of all these things, low flow shower heads and low flow toilets and 
fixing, make sure you don't have any leaky faucets in your home. And he asks them about this UN study that had just been published that animal agriculture far and away exceeds water waste than you know any individual home could ever conserve. Right. And he said, if this is true, if animal agriculture is the leading waste of water, don't you think that maybe your agency could encourage people to stop eating animals, to stop eating meat, to stop eating animal products? And of course, they said, uh, we'll never do that. Right. And, you know, so he's kind of scratching his head like, well, why not? Right. Isn't this your whole reason for existence? And so then he starts reaching out to these environmental groups that he is a member of, a donating member of, saying, hey, I'd, I'd love to come interview you. For the most part, they all replied favorably, like, of course, we'd love to give you an interview. But as soon as they found out what he was researching, animal agriculture and its contribution to things like climate change and environmental destruction, the door slammed in his face right. over and over. Like, you know, Greenpeace, for example, was just like, no, after consideration, we cannot help you. Right. But and the people that he did get on camera, they didn't really have good answers for him. It's kind of fun to watch, mm -hmm. you know, the responses. It's interesting that he com he kind of comes to a conclusion about why government agencies who claim to care about our planet and why environmental groups who obviously claim to care about our planet, why none of them are mentioning animal agriculture at all. Yeah. Yeah, and so he, he on there he interviews Michael Pollan, and Michael Pollan makes the suggestion that they're member organizations and people make donations, and they don't want to piss off their funders. Basically, exactly, they survive on the donations of their members, and to start telling their members, "Hey, you need to stop eating meat. You, we encourage right. you to stop eating animal products." they would lose their donors. Right. That's that's the idea. But it's interesting. Like, some things are acceptable, right? Like you said, change your faucets, low flow, you know, get low flow toilets, or drive a electrical vehicle, an EV car, things like this. Things that don't cause people to change their habits too much, but it gives them a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling that they're helping the environment. But the, the problem is, is if you drove your electric vehicle to you know, Wendy's and bought a hamburger and a, what are they, what are their shakes called? Like a, whatever their ice cream's called. You've basically just undone any good you did with that electric vehicle. Yeah. For a long time to come. Right. And so rewatching Cowspiracy in some ways answered my question about why like national public radio. Right. Has all these shows that focus on climate change never mention animal agriculture, right. never encourage their listeners to stop eating animals right. for the sake of the climate. Well, same story. Right. They're a donor organization. Right. And right. So you can say, you can throw out, you can invoke the word climate change, but you're not really demanding too much of your listeners. Yeah. Because again, you don't want to annoy your listeners or piss them off. Or lose and, them. And lose, exactly. Completely. Lose donations. It reminds me of in April is Earth Day, and in Bozeman, the city of Bozeman, we have the 
Earth Day celebration at the Emerson Center. And myself and Lucy went, set up a table, and she had obtained all these amazing, like, informational literature and banners to hang up on the wall. And they were just beautifully and professionally done. And one of them just said, like, meat is not green. And I looked around that ballroom of of different tables that were set up, and I had the same sense that not much is being asked of the people who come here and go from table to table to table. Like, they might encourage you to recycle more or compost more, you know, small little changes. Use reusable shopping bags, which are all wonderful. And yes, we, myself included, I'm really starting to look at how much I throw away and how much I could reuse. and How much plastic are you using? Yeah, single-use plastic. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get away from all of it. It's all good. But I was thinking, it's not very popular to tell people, oh, you care about the environment? Stop eating animals. Like right. We got a lot of side eyes that day because we're actually asking you to make a significant change right. to your everyday life. But it is a significant change. That's the point, is it will make a significant change on the world. Right. But that was also the suggestion, I think, in Cowspiracy that we got, was that the people making the suggestions to take a shorter shower and ride your bike, like the idea of asking anyone to change their diet, was that was just too far. Yeah. Like we cannot ask that question. We can't touch that. We can't. Yeah, it's like the third rail of climate change. You know what I mean? It's pretty funny. We're going to be taking a lot of our information for this show from Cowspiracy's website, as well as a media source called Sentient Media. And their goal, which we will read uh, in a moment, is all about focusing on the animal world and Mm. news you might not hear anywhere else from any other outlet. And they do focus a lot on animal agriculture and its impacts on the world, on the planet. But I did want to point out that you could just do a simple Google search on animal agriculture, climate change, and you will see there are plenty of non-vegan sources that are starting to write more and more about this connection. Right. For example, like here I have an article from Vox. The headline is, Why the Media Too Often Ignores the Connection between climate change and meat. And their subtitle is The Burger-Sized Hole in Climate Change Coverage Explained. Mm, Interesting. Again, like if you just did a simple Google search on animal agriculture and climate change, you will see that many non-vegan sources are looking into this. Mm. The University of Colorado in Boulder, Stanford News... Even the USDA is starting to talk a little bit about it. The Guardian has an article published just a couple months ago. Fauna Linux, uh, Animal Agriculture is the Missing Piece in Climate Change. You can go on and on. The Breakthrough Institute, Science Direct, Climate Change, Industrial Agriculture, and its role in climate change. So there are non-vegan sources Right. that are starting to cover this. Right. But by and large, you don't really hear it. I think we're just going to play a little clip from Cowspiracy just to give you a sense of what it's like. There are a few experts talking. One of the ideas that it puts forth, and p- partly from the UN and some of the people who did that study, was that animal agriculture is the leading cause 
of climate change. It's not fossil fuels and it's not deforestation, but it's animal agriculture. So that is a contentious issue. Well, let me just parenthetically add on to what you just said. 91% of the deforestation happening in the Amazon rainforest is for animal agriculture. Right. For grazing cattle and for raising the crops to feed the cattle. Right. 91% of the rainforest that has been torn down is driven by animal agriculture. So. Yeah. Let's listen to this little clip here. So my calculations are that without using any gas or oil or fuel ever again from this day forward, that we would still exceed our maximum carbon equivalent greenhouse gas emissions, uh, the 565 gigatons, by the year 2030. Without the electricity sector even, or energy sector even factored in the equation, all simply by eating, raising and eating livestock. If you reduce the amount of methane emissions, the level in the atmosphere go down, goes down fairly quickly within decades, as opposed to CO2, if you reduce the emissions to the atmosphere, you don't really see a signal in the atmosphere for around 100 years or so. Single largest contributor to um, every known environmental ill known to humankind. Deforestation, land use, water scarcity, the destabilization of communities, world hunger, the list doesn't stop. It's an environmental disaster that's being ignored by the very people who should be championing. Free-living animals made up, you know, 10,000 years ago, made up 99% of the biomass. And human beings, we only made up 1% of the biomass. Today, only 10,000 years later, which is really just a fraction of time, we human beings and the animals that we own as property make up 98% of the biomass. And wild, free-living animals make up only 2%. We basically completely stolen the world, the earth, from free-living animals to use for ourselves and our cows and pigs and chickens and factory farmed fish, and the oceans have been even more <laughs> devastated. Concerned researchers of the loss of species uh, agree that the primary cause of loss of species on our earth that we're witnessing is due to overgrazing and habitat loss from livestock production on land and by overfishing, which I call fishing, in our oceans. We're in the middle of the largest mass extinction of species in 65 million years. The rainforest is being cut down at the rate of an acre per second. And the driving force behind all of this is animal agriculture, cutting down the forest to graze animals and to grow soybeans, uh, genetically engineered soybeans to feed to the cows and pigs and chickens and factory farm fish. 91% of the loss of rainforest in the Amazon area thus far to date 91% that's been destroyed is due to raising livestock. Okay. So there's a lot there. So the interesting fact there is whether or not you agree or disagree that the leading driver of climate change is animal agriculture. Animal agriculture is creating all these other problems mm. for the earth and for us that were just mentioned in that clip. And we can go in detail, but just one example that the data we have is saying is that 51% of global greenhouse emissions come from livestock. And that includes 13%, 13% of that 51% is transportation costs. So, and we've seen this, pigs and cattle are getting transported from their, wherever their one lot to a feedlot to the slaughterhouse. So, and then from there to, to the distributors. Correct. So when you factor in the transportation costs, animal agriculture 
is the leading driver of climate change. Yeah. So if you go into Cowspiracy's website, and of course we encourage you to watch the documentary, but they have they keep their website really up to date. In fact, when you first go in, they're like, hey, you want a, a plant-based meal plan? We'll send you one. You know, so you know, it has great resources. One of the things I really like on their facts, if you click on facts part of their website, is they mentioned that the science and research done on the true impacts of animal agriculture is always growing. The statistics used in the film were based on the best information we had available while producing the film. We will continually update this list with further resources as they become available. And you can see as you scroll through this facts page, and it, it breaks it down by greenhouse gases, water usage, the waste from livestock, deforestation, species extinction, it goes on and on. You can see where they have done that. They've done just that. As new information comes out, right. they, they update their website. Right. I think that's really, really cool. Right. And I think one of the other things that was mentioned in that clip was that animal agriculture contributes three greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. And we're always talking about CO2, but... Nitrous oxide, animal agriculture contributes 65% of the nitrous oxide emissions, which is 296 times more destructive than CO2. Yeah, it has 296 times the global warming potential of carbon dioxide, and it stays in the atmosphere for 150 years. Nitrous oxides, that's something you don't hear right. in mainstream media. Right, we always talk about CO2. Also methane. Methane. Methane is another greenhouse gas, has a global warming potential 86 times greater than CO2 on a 20-year time frame. And they, they cite their sources for this. For example, that one came from Science Magazine, and a lot of them come from know, Scientific America and National Geographic and, right. you know, reputable sources. Right, that are very concerned about climate change. So just in this regard, even if you want to believe that animal agriculture is not the leading driver of climate change, is it the second? Is it the third? It's, it's one of the major ones, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what you have said, Sarah, is that it's the one thing that we can change immediately. Like, we can make a change immediately to this by not eating animals. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about how much power do we actually have to make a difference? This is absolutely one of the fastest ways that you can turn climate change around is by not eating animals. It just is. Right. Right, which is empowering. And on this same page of the facts, you can click on see our infographic, which is a really cool resource. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a very visual kind of a pie chart that just takes you through every single thing that we as earthlings should be concerned about. It starts with, with at the top with climate change. It talks about deforestation, water use, species extinction, waste, fisheries, and land use. And then it just takes you through... Let's just go through some yeah. of what well, they I was just here. looking at the water, right? We already talked about one hamburger, one basic quarter pounder equals 660 gallons of water, which is equivalent to a human showering for two months. But the other thing here, the meat and dairy industry 
they use one-third of the Earth's fresh water. A domestic household, like domestic households in, in the United States, use 5% of the water. Hmm. Animal agriculture uses 55%. So while we're hearing stories about drought and wildfires and not watering your lawn, how about not eating a hamburger? I know I always say this. I've said this many mm. times. How about reducing your consumption of animal agriculture? Right. It shows that a plant-based diet cuts your carbon footprint by 50%. That's crazy. Which is really, again, that's empowering. All I have to do is eat plants, you know, a wide variety of delicious plants. and That are packed with protein, by the way. Yes, they are. <laughs> and you can thrive and not have Western diseases, by the way. No. <laughs> You're cutting your carbon footprint in half when you eat plant-based diet. That is crazy. Yeah, and so the other thing, species extinction, right? Because if we're cutting down the rainforest, I forget what it is. It's, it's a ridiculous amount. 110 animals and insects are lost every day from rainforest mm-hmm. destruction. 110 animals and insect species are lost. So we talk about species extinction. And, and why are we clearing the rainforest? Yeah. For grazing of cattle. Now, one thing you do hear in the media is palm oil has really been demonized because some rainforest has been cleared for the production of palm oil. So this will reveal, when you look at this infograph, that palm oil is responsible for 26 million acres of rainforest being cleared. Not, not a great thing, right? Mm. Probably something we don't want to support. You know, I can get behind that. Like, let's avoid palm oil. But compare that 26 million acres for palm oil to what animal agriculture is responsible for, which is 136 million acres cleared. That's crazy. So there again, why do we hear about, hey, maybe we should stay away from palm oil, but we're not hearing... (laughs) You know what? This is so much worse by several times is... Let's stop eating cattle. Well, the same, <laughs> they say the same thing about almonds. Well, almonds use a lot of water. They use, I forget what it is, but it's like, it's a fraction yes. of, uh, among nuts and plants, yeah. yeah, almonds use a lot of water. but It's com- still half it's, of the water that's used for dairy. Exactly. Yeah. And then for, for beef, they're not even equal. I mean, there's not even a good comparison. Exactly. I have that graphic. I'm just looking to see if I can reference where I got that. Yeah, there's a really good graphic. I actually found it in an article on sentient media, but you can find it in different places. This article was called 18 Simple Climate Change Actions You Can Take Today. This was published last month, well, actually December of 2023. And it has this great graphic that shows the environmental footprints of dairy compared to plant-based milks. And it breaks it down by land use, greenhouse gas emissions, fresh water use, and eutrophication. And that's basically runoff. Eutrophication is the runoff from agriculture that it adds so much nitrogen to bodies of water Mm. that it chokes out all animal life. Mm. It eats up all the oxygen in the water. So if you look at all of those factors, when you compare dairy milk to plant-based milks, it's really shocking. In every way, in every one of those markers, dairy milk far and away exceeds 
the impact from plant-based milks. Right. And again, th the only thing that kind of is arguable is the fresh water use for almond milk, which is still half of the fresh water use for dairy milk. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think the other thing that is fascinating to me is you think about how much we're feeding these animals. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, a, a term that gets thrown out is food poverty or food scarcity. And yet we're feeding the, the majority, what is it, like 85% or 83 or 85% of the, the grains the grains and the soybeans and, and the, corn. the corn, the plants that we are growing, we're feeding to animals. Imagine if we weren't feeding them to the animals. Right. There would be plenty of food for everyone right. in the world, population having nothing to do with it. Right. So you, you consider however many millions of humans are alive that we're, or we're somehow unable to feed. Right. But we're feeding literally billions of farmed animals. Right. So, and guess what? Humans eat a lot less grain than cattle do. Right. And it takes a lot less land to produce those plant-based crops right. than it does to, for grazing. And what's also interesting, too, is the waste, the waste that comes from factory farms. A factory farm that has 2,500 dairy cows produces the waste of 411,000 people. So 2,500 dairy cows, just to get this straight in my head, 2,500 dairy cows produces the same amount of waste as a city of 411,000 people. people. A day. A day. This is every minute, 7 million pounds of excrement are produced by animals raised for food in the U.S. Seven million pounds of excrement every minute produced by farmed animals. That is unbelievable. And that goes untreated. It goes untreated. It's not regulated as far as we know. And what's interesting is it's funny when, you're, uh, when your spinach gets E. coli, right? That's how I always find that fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that comes from animal waste yeah, being because, sprayed on crops. Because one of the things we realized, too, is that on the documentary The Smell of Money, which is a, a brilliant documentary, one of the things they do for fertilizer is they spray that waste back on the crops. Yeah. And it gets into the air, becomes airborne, and people get sick from it. Mm -hmm. But they're because they're, they're trying to get rid of all this animal waste because there's so much of it. Mm -hmm. And there are these cesspools that are just... Mm -hmm building and growing and, and running off and into running off into freshwater rivers and streams and that kind of thing but they're actually redistributing it across their crops and so and that's where we get e coli on yeah, our produce yeah one third of the earth's land is desertified has become desert due to livestock grazing that's crazy Livestock covers 45% of the Earth's total land. Wow. Livestock covers 45% of the Earth's total yeah, land. Yeah, and I think there was, a, there was a fact in the actual documentary that said if the entire world ate an American diet, thank God, you know, the entire world doesn't, but if the entire world did eat the American diet, we would need three and a half Earths to be able to produce that which is unbelievable. Right. There's data on that, that as well here. It says if you had one and a half acres of land 
on that one and a half acres, you could either grow 37,000 pounds of plant-based food to feed to people, or on one and a half acres, you could produce 375 pounds of meat. Wow. It's a big, striking yeah. difference. It's so, it's so inefficient to feed animals. You have to feed them enough to stay alive and stay healthy, and then you have to feed them enough to grow enough flesh it's just a very inefficient no, it's a, way of it's growing a different food. Like a hundred times. Yeah, look at this. Uh, land needed to feed one person for one year for a vegan, it's one sixth of an acre. <laughs> for a meat eater, it's eighteen times hmm. a vegan. Wow. And so that, that that just right there seems selfish. Right. Even if an individual is like, I really don't care about farmed animals. This isn't just about farmed animals, which for me is enough of a reason. But right. if it's not, it also is impacting humans around the globe. Right. And it is, it's unsustainably selfish to continue to eat the standard American diet. Yeah, it kind of feels like it. And then finally, fish, the oceans. We keep hearing about the oceans, how they're just getting decimated by overfishing and there's this concept of what we call bycatch. They use, these, they use these big drag nets, and when they get full, they just drag across the bottom of the ocean, and they just mm -hmm. kind of destroy kind of that habitat. Right. But at the same time, because there's these massive nets, they catch animals that are not intended to be caught, like sharks and whales and turtles and dolphins and mm -hmm. these kinds of things. And, and those animals get... Essentially, some of them don't survive. They don't survive. <clears throat> no, it's just it's unfortunate. They call that what they call that by kill. Yeah, yeah. So, and it says for every one pound of fish caught, there are five pounds of unintended marine species caught and discarded as by kill. So every one pound of sellable edible fish that comes to market, oh my God. there's five pounds of animals that are just killed for no that reason. That is so stupid. I mean, that is like, if you're just doing, again, I've said this in the past, I mean, if you do the uh, return on investment there, yeah, it's not even worth it. No, no. Right. It's it's kind of brutal, and it's because it's pretty much invisible. Right. Like, if we were taking dragnets across, you know, the African savanna and just catching every species of animal in this enormous dragnet, or if we had huge nets in the sky, you know, catching, just harvesting every bird. Right. Well, I think people would be like, oh, this is kind of disgusting. But I think it, because it's invisible to most of us, right. it has gone unchecked. Yeah. So it says that three quarters of the world's fisheries are exploited. Sounds like a, a big problem. Well, yeah, when you when you consider everything we've just talked about, and the center of all of it is animal agriculture, it just does not seem like it's worth it. Yeah. You did mention the species extinction and the connection to animal agriculture, but you know, not to forget that animal agriculture is the leading cause not only of species extinction, but of these ocean dead zones. There's several several mile wide zones in our oceans that are completely devoid of life right because of animal agriculture's runoff right into the ocean it's the leading cause of water pollution and it's the leading cause of habitat destruction 
which is just another reason we have fewer and fewer wildlife right. in the world is because we have to protect livestock. We have to protect the rancher. Right. So, yeah, that's the infographic on Cowspiracy's website. Check it out if you want to learn more about that. We mentioned Sentient Media as well. If you go to their website um, on their mission page, it says Sentient Media is a nonprofit media covering factory farming and animal policy. We create public awareness of the agriculture industry's impact on the climate crisis, extraction of natural resources, and systematic exploitation of those bound up in food production. We're doing this with investigative journalism, fact-checked explainers, resources for journalists covering food and farming, partnerships with publishers, and by holding the media accountable when it fails to report on the most pressing issues of our time. They partner with international and national and local media outlets to reach diverse audiences around the world. To date, they have trained over 800 established and aspiring journalists in 50-plus countries, leading to more than 2,000 articles being published in a variety of media outlets, uncovering the facts about our global food systems. We also aim to support journalists who have been historically marginalized by mainstream media. So it's a very noble cause. And like I said, you can go on their website and they have many, many articles that they have published about animal agriculture and its... Lack of coverage. Yeah, and the devastating effects it has on the earth. That's good that somebody is policing the mainstream media. Yeah. So I was just perusing through Sentient Media's website, and just in the past few months, here are some of their articles. Uh, Why is beef bad for the planet? Eating meat is bad for climate change. And here are all the studies that prove it. That's a second article. 18 simple climate change actions you can take today. They have an article about Amazon deforestation, how much of the rainforest is left, and it maps out. There are basically four reasons people are tearing down the rainforest, but by far the main driver is cattle ranching. And then they they break it down into the second reason being plant agriculture. But again, most of that plant agriculture right, the majority of it. is going to the livestock. Right. So I wish they would say that the when, ta- they would, when they would make these reports. Yeah. Uh, they never do. Well, sentient media did, yeah, but right, yeah, right, right. they, but yeah, they kind of usually keep it separate. But yeah, there are other causes like logging and mining. But again, those are minor in comparison. And then they they had several articles about COP twenty eight and how all of these environmental uh, like climate change summits that happen have been ignoring animal agriculture. In fact, they even serve food at these conferences that is very animal protein intensive. Right. And they're talking about how finally the most recent summit that occurred recently finally was having plant-based menus. So one article, if I was just to pull one out of the hat, was published this past December, 2023, uh, written by Born Olafsson. And the title of the article is Eating Meat is Bad for Climate Change. And here are all the studies that prove it. And the subtitle is, As Negotiations Get Underway at COP28, We Compiled a List of the Leading Research Documenting the Connection Between Meat 
and greenhouse gas emissions. And one part that, I mean, there's so much good information in this article, but he cites a catalog of food emissions, and he cites um, a study done in 2018 led by University of Oxford researcher Joseph Poor. He led a team measuring the environmental impacts of over 40 different foods. And they measured each food's each food item's emissions, the land use, acidification, water use, and eutrophication. And they studied nearly 40,000 farms and 1,600 processors and retailers. They found, most strikingly, the impacts of the lowest-impact animal products exceed those of vegetables, of plant products. Wow. They argued in favor of a meat reduction diet change. That was their findings. The study took five years to complete, And after only a year of reviewing this data, the lead researcher, Joseph Poor, was so suitably convinced by the research that he went vegan himself. Wow. And I have to respect that. Right. A scientist who really is being objective, and when they see the objective truth, they actually change their lives. Right. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. The underlying research has since been used to create a wide range of reports and data journalism including a report from the World Resources Institute and many of the graphics published about food systems at Our World in Data and infographics from the BBC comparing the environmental impacts of a range of plant-based milks to dairy milk, as we referenced earlier. The biggest takeaway, he says, is veganism is the single biggest way to reduce our environmental impact. If everyone went vegan we could free up 3 billion hectares of land. Wow, that's huge. Most, yeah. of, most of us aren't even uh, accustomed to speaking in terms of hectares. No, <laughs> I'm not. Right. right. Yeah, so we encourage you, uh, if this information is interesting to you, to please check out Cowspiracy, the yeah. documentary, Cowspiracy, the book, Cowspiracy, the website, also, Sentient Media right. has many great, well-resourced uh, articles. Yeah, they have great journalism. Uh, just And they talk about so many things, just just perusing over some of the articles. One is, if factory farming ended, what would happen to all the animals? Or mm-hmm. one about veganism is not anti-indigenous. Right. You know, that the cultural things have come up you yeah. know, with, with veganism and other diets. Anyway, there's, a, there's just all kinds of good stuff out there. So it's a good source for trying to get a sense on even climate change and cosmetics and how mm-hmm. the animal testing plays into cosmetics and how, thankfully, though, many cosmetic companies and beauty companies are vegan. Many of them are vegan. Yeah. So there has been uh, some great strides made by animal rights people to stop animal testing and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, I would just say to sum up for my part of the show, like, I hope that this information is compelling. It certainly is for us. And to start to consider that animal agriculture is an outmoded, outdated way to feed the world, and it's, right. it's failing at feeding the world, right. and it's doing a ton of damage to our planet, even if 
a lot of mainstream media is not focusing in on that. The information is out there. The studies have been done and continue to be done. And if you're curious, I just encourage you to look into this. And and I hope you're compelled, as we have been, to make the, the step towards a plant-based diet. Right. And I would say similarly, right, that many roads lead to animal agriculture. And whether you care about the climate or you care about ecology, you care about the environment, you care about food scarcity, food poverty, you care about water usage, overconsumption. Species extinction. Species extinction. If you care about any of these things, I mean, by not eating animals, you can solve many problems. We can start fixing many of these issues just by not eating animals, by eating one less hamburger and just start there and just progress and, you know, interestingly, we didn't even get into human health. That's like a whole nother episode. But countries that don't consume a lot of animal products don't suffer from mm-hmm. what we call Western diseases, hypertension, high blood pressure, heart disease, cl- clogged arteries, heart disease, these kinds of things. Type 2 diabetes. Type yeah. 2 diabetes. Right. All of these things, which I think a connection has been made by another documentary that we're aware of and others. There's, you know, data's out there. The World Health Organization has said that processed meat is a type one carcinogen. So, I mean, there's data out there from sources even outside the United States that are suggesting that we should not be for our own human health, for the health of the planet. For ethics. (laughs) Yeah, ethics. For animals. All the reasons not eating animals is a good way to solve a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. So, Awesome. Well, you can always reach out to us at... uh, animaliahour at gmail.com and uh, give us your two cents if you uh, agree or disagree with our our ideas. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.